This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on on your 13th day of this month. This hour, Catherine Engelbrecht. She is the founder of True the Vote. She, that is the organization, by the way, that came up with the investigation into what was happening on 2020, uh, the election night 2020. She and her organization got millions of pieces of evidence, got tons of video. They tied it together with geo-tracking to find out what was going on and whether there was any fraud. And what they uncover in Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules, will blow your mind. We talked to her about that. If you haven't seen the movie yet, I'm not going to give anything away. You probably already heard what it's about. But there are a lot of outlets that don't want to talk about it. There are a lot of people that are trying to squash it and, and do fake um, fact checks on it. And these fact checks are just that. They're fake. They don't refute anything. And if, if you haven't seen it, this will be a good primer to why you should see it. It's startling what we find out. That's going to be at the bottom of this hour. So in about 25, 26 minutes, you'll hear from Catherine uh, Engelbrecht. We have a lot of other stories to get to as well that that'll make your face hurt. One about Netflix that I think might make you smile a little bit because it looks like they might be finally starting to get wise to the woke crowd on a Friday. Give me some strings. Porn section. Protein bar during the break. Protein bar. Kathy, Kathy, <laughs> Carrie, so crazy! Wow, can you call you Kathy? Let's go. Friday. <laughs> Come on, really? I've never called you Kathy, have I? Friday. Friday. More like Karen. No. Thank God it's no. No. Thank God it is Friday. We got a free speech Friday. Let's go. We haven't heard you call Linda or Karen or anything in a while, have we? That's a good thing, though, don't you think? You're finally getting to know who you are. It's hey, so good. After how many years? That is Carrie Lockie, Chocolate Voice. That's Polo, Get It Done. Sam making it happen, too. Glad to have you along for the ride. As I said, Catherine, not Kathy, Catherine... Engelbrecht at the bottom of the hour. True the vote. They actually did a, a deep dive examination, a forensic investigation, tying geo-tracking cell phone data to video that they had. And in these videos, you literally see these people dropping some of the ballots. They brought so many. Now, in some of the fact-checking, they're trying to say, well, they were allowed to bring their immediate family members' ballots and vote for them. Mm, in some states, yes. But unless you've got 50 immediate family members, I think that's going to be a problem when you see how many times they went to different drop boxes. And then they're saying, well, they didn't really go to the drop boxes. At 3.27 in the morning, Carrie, they're going to, like, Grandma's house next to the drop box. Okay. Mm. That's believable. Mm, sure. Right. So we've got that for you, too. Now, are you planning to see this movie? Would you like to see the movie? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see it. I mean, being a news person, 
when you see this, you're going to go, wow. I mean, what the heck? Mm, that's and, what I've and, heard. And it's very well done. Yeah, no, you've got, to, you've got to go and see it. And I'm not asking you to make a conclusion. But I think anybody, even if you doubt there was any fraud in 2020, anybody who's an American who votes should go see this to understand why there should not be privately owned drop boxes, why you have to be able to make sure that you can monitor via video every single drop box, which didn't happen, and, and how tying geo... Listen, they used geo-tracking to arrest people on January 6th. So they said it was fine then. John Roberts in 2018 said it's good technology that is admissible in court. Suddenly, when True the Vote does it, and when Dinesh D'Souza does it, it's not to be accepted, which I find to be really, really stupid. Stupid. So I asked Mike to send me um, duty, which is, don't, you know, D-U-T-Y, although mm-hmm. the way Polo says it, he might not have meant that duty. And for some reason, I got two cuts of it. Hold on. Duty? There you go. That's me. All right. And what do we have here? Duty. <laughs> really, Polo? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? This is this is how immature we are in this program. Mm-hmm. That that's going to get a good laugh today on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Duty. We just don't have you say it. Carrie, can you say that word for us? No, I will not. Come on. No. No. You are unfun. No, seriously. <laughs> unfun, will, lady. I will not say that <laughs> word. No. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. You hear about Netflix. You, they, they've got shows and movies that are uh, exposing 10, 11-year-old little girls as sexual objects that we all complained about and said enough is enough. This is disgusting. They've got shows on there that are so woke it makes your face hurt. They've got people on there who had a fit because, I guess, Dave Chappelle had a deal with Netflix and, and how dare you allow somebody who's anti-transgender. Well, they lost like 35% of their income and their revenue. And it turns out they're starting to wake up themselves, aren't they, Carrie? Apparently, this is from The Blaze. Netflix is taking a hardline stance against woke employees who advocate for silencing artists whose content offends them. And the news comes after Netflix disclosed a dismal business performance in the first quarter of 2022. The company, in fact, lost 200,000 subscribers between January and March. The first subscriber declined in more than a decade. The company had expected a net gain of 2.5 million subscribers over that time period. The streaming platform updated its famous corporate culture memo to include a section on artistic expression, Variety reported. The memo vows Netflix will not cancel artists, even if Netflix employees find the content objectionable or harmful. Not everyone will like or agree with everything on our service, the memo reads. While every title is different, we approach them based on the same set of principles. We support the artistic expression of the creators we choose to work with. We program for a diversity of audiences and taste, and we let viewers decide what's appropriate for them versus having Netflix censor specific artists or voices. The memo adds, if employees cannot support Netflix's work, they should hit the road and find another job. I mean, Hmm. you know what I mean? Oh. This to me is Netflix saying pass the potatoes. It is. And for those who are new to the program, what I've often said is when there's a, a topic that's got an easy answer and we're sitting around the dinner table and one of my children says, hey, Dad, what about blah ba And I say, nope, it's blah ba pass the potatoes. Like, there's no more need to discuss it. Netflix it was genu- genuflecting and we really look out for the safety and the, and the mind space of our, our employees who are tolerant and they're, they're this and they're that. And then Netflix said, oh crap, we just lost 200,000 subscribers. And they thought they were going to add two and a half million? Yes. 
So, I mean, that's a major revenue hit. You expected more revenue, two and a half million more people every month to send you some subscription money, but instead you lost 200,000 net. And, and now Netflix is going, hey, I don't really care what you think. <laughs> Why did you shut up? Because we need to have this money so we could pay your ass. This was them saying, pass the potatoes. Now, does that make up in the minds of those who dumped Netflix? Does that make it up to them and make them say, let me come back now that you've said this to the employees? I don't know. But I've often said, I'll go back to the NFL when the NFL says, yeah, we were wrong to allow people to kneel and and uh, flop around the sidelines while the national anthem was on. We were wrong to allow them to sully the country while wearing a uniform of an NFL franchise. We probably shouldn't have allowed that. We probably should have been smarter than that. They haven't said that, so I'm not going to go back. Um, Netflix is almost doing what I wanted them to do, which is saying, yeah, the way we reacted to the Netflix employees that walked out when Dave Chappelle did his stand-up, they didn't like his stand-up, the way we reacted was wrong, and we really want you back because we just found out that as a business, we shouldn't be taking sides like that. And I think, you know what? It's a smart move by Netflix. Am I saying go and get Netflix? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's smart of them as a business to say, we're a business that needs revenue flow and profitability first. Then we worry about, you know, the wokeness of our employees second. Because the employees, first of all, they were wrong about Dave Chappelle. I watched that stand up and Dave Chappelle was holding his trans friend up on high. Somebody who killed herself because of all the attacks that, that were bestowed upon him. So what they said was already factually wrong. But even if he came out against trans people, he's allowed to as an American, and if it makes money for Netflix, and if it makes sense to make a deal with him, the employees should just be employees. For some reason, they think it's some sort of an editorial board every time a company makes a decision. You know, when I was at Domino's Pizza, um, they had 16-inch pizzas were the largest, and and the, the smalls were 12. They had large and small. That was it. They changed the small and called it a medium because it sounds bigger. This really happened. And they, they shrunk the 16-inch pizza down to 15, didn't tell anybody. And they, they were collecting the same amount of money. So they were literally saving an inch of the pizza, which saved them some, some food money. And never changed how much it cost. This is factual. If you're a Domino's Pizza you want to call me out, feel free. The guy, Wade Oney, was the guy that told us that you were doing that. I know that he's at a different pizza place now. So having said that, why bring it up? Because I, as an employee, didn't like it. You know what I mean, Carrie? I didn't mm-hmm. like that they were going to yeah. go the, still sell a large, but it wasn't going to be 16 anymore. We just weren't going to say how big it was anymore. Uh-huh. And they went down to 15. And I, from what I understand, it might even be smaller now. I'm not sure about that part. But um, that bothered me. I wanted Domino's Pizza to sell a, a large 16-inch pizza like they always had. Or announce it publicly. Hey, we're going to go down to 15. We have to save some food money because the costs are going out of control, whatever. They never did that. They just did it. Now, I had a choice as an employee. My choice wasn't to go argue with the guy who was making the change. My choice wasn't to go and pick it out front, make the pizza 16-inch. No, my choice was I could work there or not work there. I did not have editorial control or operational control over the decisions they were making. I had the ability to work there and make a living if I did the job they asked me to do. I've never understood why in this day and age, companies like Netflix or the NFL have decided that the employees get to do anything they want to do and we can't do anything about it because then we'll be seen as somehow not tolerant or not accepting or not woke. How about this? If you can make a profit and offer jobs to people who want to work there, cool. And if those who want to work there want you to change how you do business to work there, tell them to pound sand and do what Netflix just did. Was that a fair comparison with the Domino's Pizza thing? Uh, Yeah, I think so. 
Which say so did I have? I was a freaking store manager, Nothing. or I was a, you don't like a, it. a delivery driver, right? Don't, don't work, work there. Another pizza place, yeah. Exactly right. So I mean, did did my managers hear me when I wanted to say something? Did they hire me? Yeah, sure, but I wasn't going to walk out and hold a sign, make the pizza bigger. I mean, it's so stupid when they walked out mm-hmm. with uh, Dave Chappelle. A, they didn't watch the special, and B, it's not up to them to make the editorial decisions there. So Netflix takes a bath because it accepted this woke crap, and now they realize that well. We don't have as much money in the bank. Maybe we should do something that's actually accepting to everybody who we want to buy our subscription service every month. Imagine and that, that would be don't give in to one side over the other. You, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know. Where did we get here where just a employee or a group of employees can get upset about something the company you work for does and then think that, oh, we're going to stage a walkout and we're going to demand that they change something, that we're going to demand they change company policy. We're going to demand that they get, you know, that they cancel Dave Chappelle. I mean, how did we get here that a small group of people like that think that they can control what a company, what a big company can do? Great question. You know how we got here? They didn't say pass the potatoes. Yeah. And I mean that. They gave into it the first time and the employees said, oh, well, look at that. We Ooh, can do whatever we want. We've got some power. Right. Yeah. And even, even back to the NFL, when Colin Kaepernick was upset that he got benched, and this is why he started doing it, he went from first, t- first string to second string because he wasn't as good anymore. And he gets benched and decided to sit down. He wasn't kneeling at first. He sat on the bench during the national anthem. Then he started kneeling. And then some other teammates started kneeling. Right then, the NFL as a corporation had the ability to tell the franchise, hey, we have a rule that you stand during the national anthem. Now, if these guys don't want to, they can go stay in the locker room and come out after the anthem is played. They're not going to use that uniform, this patch that says NFL, that flag on their back, and they're not going to they're not going to make their their um, objections to something that's happening in society on the football field. They want to do it later in the press conference, fine, but they're not going to do that in the beginning of the game. They didn't do that, and then it spread like wildfire. You only had a couple of idiots doing it at first that everybody wanted to be noticed. Everybody wanted to be the person who was known as the kneeler for the for the Raiders or the Dolphins or the Jets. All they had to do in the very beginning is say, that's not going to fly here. You're out of a job. That's not going to fly here. We're going to suspend you. It would have stopped immediately. They didn't want to because they wanted to look like they were accepting and tolerant, and then their money went down. And when the money goes down, things change. Netflix makes a move that is smart business-wise. They shouldn't have had to make this move. They should have done this when the first person threatened to walk out. You walk out, you're not coming back. Then it's done, right? Yes. You walk out, we're going to lock the door. We're going to change the key. It's that simple. (laughs) 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. When a woke company really wakes up, and says, oh, crap, we lost a bunch of business. Will you now, because Netflix made this change, will you now say, well, maybe I'll revisit Netflix because they're starting to understand that we, the customer, we mean something. We're very important. 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. 
That's shopify.com slash system. Great to have you. It's the Joe Pag Show for your Friday, Friday the 13th. No, I'm not scared. Hopefully you're not either. So when an ultra-woke company like Netflix makes the decision that we better stop with this garbage because we're losing money, I mean, that's a win, right? I think that's a victory. So those of you out there who said, I'm not going to have Netflix anymore, those of you out there that said, I'm not going to have Disney anymore, Disney started firing executives. You know what I mean? Those out there who weren't going to use Twitter anymore, and then Elon Musk comes in, they're firing executives there too. We're starting to win. And it's not a matter of I'm right, you're wrong, but it's a matter of the consumer always being right. Now, I've seen that sign many times in in restaurants and stores. The customer is always right. And it's really not true, to be honest. But generally speaking, it is if the person is being um, at least level-headed about whatever their complaint is. I'll give you an example. I had a customer call one time and say, uh, we, we, we found glass in the pizza, which is not possible because there was no glass available in the pizza place. But we still went back and, and took whatever was left of the pizza, there wasn't much left, and, and gave the money back because we wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. But if the person calls back again the next day and says, there's a glass of my pizza after they ate three quarters of the pizza again, at that point you say, okay, the customer's not right. They're doing a game here just to get their money back and get free pizza. Or on the radio show, somebody writes me an email, and, and I'll, I'll talk about the emails. I generally speaking, don't talk about the good ones. And you guys send me a lot of very positive emails that you love the program, you love Carrie, Polo, Sam, and me, and, and that's great. And you love the content, you love the, the songs, or you love the interviews, whatever. That's cool. I don't really highlight those that much because I don't like ringing my bell that much. But the negative ones you know, certainly do get my attention. And some who are being constructive or just have a comment about what it is that we talked about and don't agree with me, I love those. Because then we, I know that people are thinking about what it is that we're saying. But somebody who writes me that I'm a big piece of garbage, that's just stupid. So at that point, the customer isn't right. But generally speaking, the customer it should be listened to. And you should figure out if they're doing it with good intentions, trying to help out or, or giving a legitimate complaint. And then you fix what the problem is if you want to stay in business. The last thing you want to do in my position is lose a radio station or lose some money or lose some, some, uh, some ad sales or whatever. So I'm very careful to make sure we do the best show we can every day. When it comes to somebody who does something like Netflix, make sure that you offer content that a wide swath of people would like to view and, and, and consume. And then when you offer something that some content that is so off the beaten path that it upsets a mass, a mass segment of your viewership, your consumer base, maybe you rethink that. And maybe you say, no, I'm not going to let that. Or if the woke people who work there say, this isn't okay, you have to do something because I work here, you have to figure out whether it's more important to keep the consumer base, which is paying your bills, or that small, loud, vocal minority of workers that say you have to take Dave Chappelle off. And I think Netflix makes a very good decision here. But will it bring you back? Did you leave and will you not consider coming back? Look, between you and me, Netflix is very convenient. Extremely convenient. To have all those movies, all those shows, everything available right on your, on your TV, on your computer, on your whatever. That's really a great benefit. But if they screw it up, I'm not going to keep on going back there. I like that they listened to the consumer and realized the consumer is not off base here. They're actually right. Let me go to Ross, who's in Corpus Christi. Ross, what's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Living the dream, man. Got about a minute. Let's go. Well, 
man, I, I, it's supposed to be a half day for me at work. I worked a whole day. I had a whole lot of time to think, man. And, you know, I just I wanted to put it out there for the listeners. You know, I know almost all the Democrats voted on sending this $40 billion to Ukraine. We had a few Republicans vote on it. But, um, you know, it's a typical Democrat talking point about how they wanted how they want to pay off the student debt, you know, and they don't they don't really move along with that. But, you know, yet they're real quick to send off $40 billion to another country for war, which is another thing that they're typically against. Yes. You know, it's just, that's crazy. I'm, Ross, you're right. It is crazy. They should not have done that. You take care of home first, and then you've, you've got some left over. You can take, uh, take care of somebody else, just like with the formula as well. Why you're sending that down to the border before you make sure that everybody in America uh, legally and who are citizens have formula doesn't make any sense to me. But that's what the left does. They don't necessarily have to make sense. They pull in your heartstrings and hope that they can convince you to take their side. Keep it here. Coming back with, with Catherine Engelbrecht. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. She is uh, from True the Vote. She's the founder. Her name is Catherine Engelbrecht. And, and Catherine, what an amazing job you've done for years. And then you blew my mind just last week at Mar-a-Lago. How are you, by the way? Doing great. Thanks. Uh, are, are, you, are you beat? Are you going crazy doing the media tour? I mean, or, or are you you're loving it? No, well, yeah, no, I wouldn't say loving it. But, you know, I this was necessary. The movie was a necessary next step in in revealing what's really been going on. Right. So it's, we're, it's far from done. Far from done. Well, that's true. Now, I mentioned this at, at Mar-a-Lago the other day. You and I met in 2010 at the, at the racetrack in Houston. We did that big tea party event, and mm-hmm. you went, you spoke, I announced you, and, uh, and we spoke a little bit by, you know, backstage. I think that you had a book that you gave me, and, um, and you have been working for a long time. I'm talking about that's just 12 years in that instance, and you'd been doing it before then. When did you know that you had to get involved in making sure that we had integrity in our elections? You knew, that, you knew there was possibly something wrong a long time ago. Well, it was actually in 2010. So we, we you know, crossed paths very early on. And it, and it happened by accident. There was a group that, that and I was a part of that we just decided, well, what can we do that is actually meaningful? Well, let's go and volunteer to work at the polls because there weren't enough volunteers. And when we did that, um, most of us had great experiences, but there were some of us that had uh, problems yes. and that were, uh, when you compared notes, there were some similarities. And so we sort of questioned, well, if that's what happens when people are watching, what happens when no one's watching? And and why are these problems happening in the way that they are? Why is the process breaking down as it is? And so that began a series of, of research efforts. And over time, our organization grew. And, um, you know, there was a, some unfortunate years where the uh, Obama uh, administration, um, you know, weighed in pretty heavily on, on me. Uh, that led to a suit against the IRS. And... Um, uh, flash forward, here we are, twenty, you know, twenty twenty, and um, we decided to take it in a little bit different way. It's uh, Catherine Engelbrecht. Go to is it truthevote.com or dot org? Dot org. Okay, truthevote.org. Truthevote.org. Go there. The movie is Two Thousand Mules. I want to co- get a couple of things in the periphery out of the way right now. Were you told not to mention the movie on Fox? Yes. I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand. Was there a good reason given, or just they just said don't do it? Yeah, you know, if. if 
I, I, I really can't speak to, to exactly why, but okay. I do know that they have been really, really cautious. And look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blast them. I'm, I'm so appreciative of the opportunity to be on Tucker right. and to get the word out. And we still got to show the research. So, you know, is it perfect? No. But hey, I mean, yeah. we've been canceled off most platforms, so I'm glad for any outlet. Well, no, I love that you were on there. And I like Tucker. I like Fox. I've had Tucker on my show. It's not try- I'm not trying to indict anybody. I just don't understand. I, I wanted to understand that there was a reason given. I know that Dinesh has done a video on that, and people can go and check that out and see what he has to say. But I just want- that just felt very odd to me. Um, uh, 2,000 Mules refers to people that, um, that were, were geotracked and and you guys through your technology and technology that's available that you bought you spend a lot of money on that's it right. um right. you were able to to pinpoint people that could have that that a good assumption can be made were going dropbox to dropbox after leaving a so-called nonprofit and then there's video that corresponds with it that shows them voting way more than they should have been allowed to is that a good encapsulation or not uh, yes, except we didn't have, you know, nearly as much video as we would have liked to, but, but broadly speaking, yes, we just took, a, a data that's, that's routinely used in law enforcement, in marketing efforts and political campaigns. Um, and we just applied a novel approach and, um, you know, found what we found. And this technology is above reproach. And here's why I say that they use that technology to track down the January 6th rioters, right? <laughs> Yes, yes. So, fact, so it was good then, but it's not good when you do it. I don't get well, that. No, that's just it. Right, right. I mean, the CDC also uses it to track people to make sure that they're staying in their homes and that they're social distancing. So there, there's a lot of applications, broad applications that people have readily accepted. Um, I think that, you know, we, we just, we did, we did something that hadn't been done before and it took a lot of people by surprise, but um, it's true. So we're going to keep pressing forward. It's Catherine Engelbrecht. She's the founder of True the Vote. Go to truthevote.org. Um, and she and her technology and her team of technology then got together with Dinesh D'Souza to produce, uh, to produce the movie 2000 Mules, which is mind-blowing. Now, the, the answers that are given by the so-called fact-checkers, which are not fact-checkers, they're just political operatives, really, they said, well, it's not really correct information because they could have been going to Grandma's house, which was nearby a Dropbox, which is sort of in the same area, and they have no <laughs> proof whatsoever that these people were actually going to the Dropboxes. I- is that true? No, and in fact, we took, <laughs> um, <laughs> we took great... Look, we understand the scrutiny that we're going to be up against, and we understand that the fact that this is the first time something like this has been done is going to cause all kinds of you know, consternation and learning curves. And we, we understood all of that going in. So we were very, very cautious about our approach. Um, in, you know, in looking at the data, uh, we, you know, as you heard in the movie, we held a very, very high threshold. People had to go to drop boxes a, a really excessive number of times for us to even include them in our study. And then there had to be a nexus between uh, well, as it turns out, far left organizations, but yes. it est- established initially as just uh, similar addresses and then it evolved from there. But the point is, in the data, you can tell uh, how someone is approaching a Dropbox. And if they're just driving by or if they're going to a Dropbox, spending a few seconds there and then going back to another point. And when you looked at this, as we have for 15 months, um, Calling and calling and QCing and QCing, um, you know we we're we're right. 
and you know, it's it's uh, we're gonna have to go through all of this nonsense about oh, I just drove by, I, I drive by a Dropbox all the time. Well, all of that was called out long ago. Right. No, and and I agree with you. And seeing the movie, I know that you're right. But the argument is from the fact checkers that it's partially untrue or partially false, or false data or misused data. And then you've got people who are so afraid of it. Um, uh, that they don't want to go anywhere near it because it's already the election's over and he's already been inaugurated. You can't overturn things. It is really, it's vitally important, isn't it, that we find out whether we had integrity in that election because we've got another one coming up very soon. Then we've got another one in 2024. Uh, and, and this whole mail-in voting thing, even Jimmy Carter, you know, 20 years ago said that would right. be fraught with fraud because you can't, you simply can't track it. I mean, that's really what the basis is, right? These mail-in ballots cannot be tracked. And if I go and drop 50 ballots off or 100 or 10 ballots off to five different drop boxes, how exactly do you know that I'm the one that did it unless you can use the geo-tracking and the videos that should have been running? W- weren't there supposed to be videos on every one of these drop boxes? And why wasn't there? Well, you know, another great question. Yes, there was guidance given by the federal government that said if you're going to use these privately funded drop boxes, which just showed up sort of in the 11th hour with you know very little regulation, um, so the, the federal government put some guidelines out that said, if you're going to use these, then, then there are a series of things that they recommended, one of which was surveillance video. And, you know, as we now know, I mean, we immediately started filing for open records requests to, to acquire this video. And, um, it ranged from not having any at all to not being able to, or, or the, or the, the, the jurisdiction saying that they didn't have any at all to um, saying that they no longer had it, meaning that they had it, but they destroyed it, which was also wrong. Um, But then we got the video that we did get, only about 15% of it is really usable because it's it's just really junk video. You've got got cameras that are pointed at the ground, the lenses are cracked, the camera's not on. And and so it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, look, the, the video was never meant to be looked at. And, and to the best right. of my knowledge, we're the only group that really has taken that on in the in the level that we have. It's a petabyte of data. It's a, it's a heavy lift. Um, but, um, you know, it's all about process. And you, you point out about the mail ballots. I mean, the mail ballots were catalyzed by bad voter rolls, inaccurate voter rolls. So if you've got inaccurate voter rolls and you've got this mass out of ballots and then you're putting them into an insecure drop box, it's just it's a recipe for disaster. And and. In that in that way, you can't get past 2020. If we don't if we don't resolve the, the, the failures of process, then we're just doomed to repeat them. And and it, it, you know and this is there's too much at stake to let this go. Right. We and, can't and, let and people won't trust people won't trust that their their vote's going to count. I've had so much countless right. conservatives say, "Why would I vote in 2020 or 2024 when they can do what they did, what I think they did in 2020?" So the, it goes back. You've said a couple of times these are private drop boxes that showed up in the 11th hour. And by the way, it's Catherine Engelbrecht. Go to truthevote.org, truthevote.org, and go watch this movie 2,000 Mules. Go to 2,000mules.com. Why were they allowed? State legislatures by the Constitution are the ones that get to decide election law. And as far as I know, there was no state legislature that changed their laws before the 2020 election that said, sure, Catherine Engelbrecht and Joe Paggs can put out their own drop boxes in the front of their houses. This wasn't supposed to be allowed. So why were they allowed? Well, I mean, it all happened under the sort of fog of COVID, you know, where all the rules got tossed up into the air and and it was just sort of a DIY process. and, and there were groups that capitalized on that. Uh, the group called CTCL, Center for Technology and Civic Liberty, um, capitalized on this by virtue of uh, being sort of a funnel for 
uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, largely donated by Mark Zuckerberg. And it went to fund many things, uh, Dropbox is being one. You know, you think yeah. about just government, right? How, and, and, and how slowly government moves and how difficult it is to get anything really done. And then think about how, how that particular piece of government went from zero to 60 in just a few weeks. I right. mean, it went from, you know, planning an election one way to seemingly being able to have these drop boxes show up as if it's almost as if it was planned. Right. And so, you know, putting these drop boxes out was, uh, was it, it happened so quickly and nobody, everybody was just like, what's go, what's going on? I mean, it, they did it despite, despite the fact that it was unconstitutional, despite the fact that private money shouldn't be allowed into, to be used in the way they were to circumvent process, but it still happened. So, you know, again, we've got to stand up and make sure it doesn't happen again. It is uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, True the Vote. Go to truthevote.org. Go to 2000mules.com. See this movie that takes her research and her organization's research and puts it out in very easy-to-follow visual sense. Um, I had my mom there with me who looked at me during the movie, kept saying, Joey, and only she can call me Joey, Catherine. Don't 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 be calling me Joey. But she <laughs> said, she said, Joey, why why is anybody doing anything? Why is anybody in jail? Why is anybody charged with anything? How is this allowed to happen? Why won't somebody do something? Um, and, and I think that's the reaction that most people who are fair-minded. She's not hard conservative. She's not liberal. She's just sort of an American voter who loves the country, wants to make sure that her vote counts. Well, how do you answer somebody's question when they ask that? Catherine, you did all this. You laid it out. It's amazing. This clearly is a violation of law many times over. Why isn't anybody being punished? Well, you know, great question. And, and it's a question we started asking when we first presented this information in Georgia back in the uh, spring of 2021. Yeah. And we laid it out and we said, look, at look. this is like, you know, this is a, a, a plate full of tips. This is, this is. A clear indication that there's violation happening here. Take this and use the power of your agency to to further an investigation. There's clearly probable cause here. And it just fell on deaf ears. Now we are fortunately getting a lot more uh, interest uh, expressed from law enforcement across the country. But look, this is no heavy, I mean, excuse me, this is no light lift. This is a very heavy lift. Uh, We can provide sort of the, the, the map but you've got to have law enforcement now come in and do the following of the money and, and doing the, 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 the pulling back of layers that we don't have access to. So we're hopeful that that's how it's going to be viewed. It's going to take time. And, um, it's, and, it's, and it's very woven together. I mean, yeah. this is not a small operation. This is a syndicate that's, that's been you know, metastasized across the country. But, and I agree with you. It's a heavy lift, but you've made it considerably lighter because you and your organization <laughs> did the investigation. Yeah, and then you could show them your, your formulations. You could show them exactly the science and the math that you used. And you could have them scrutinize it from there. I mean, from what I got from the movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys actually did a very, very specific, very, very uh, um, direct and, and not broad look at right. these numbers. You actually, if you looked at it more broadly, then Trump would have won by even more. But when you looked at it, it was a very narrowed down um, version so that people, it would be above reproach, to be honest. In fact, you showed that your science is so good in geo-tracking and placing people and tracking people, knowing where they are. It looks like you probably solved the murder of a little girl in Atlanta in the Wendy's parking lot. I mean, how can anybody argue with that? So if you hand it to, to Brian Kemp in Georgia or you hand it to Whitmer or somebody in, in Michigan, whatever, and you say, here's the work we've done, look through our formulations, look through the actual math that we did and the science that we used, and then do something about it. How can they say no? 
Uh, it's politically convenient to just, you know, bob and weave and hope that we go away. Um, you know, you, you brought up the the tragic case of the murder that happened in Atlanta. Yeah. We actually took on two um, uh, murders or, or two investigations. And we did that because we were trying to actually, I mean, I look back now and I realize it was, you know, maybe a fool's errand. But we thought, well, we'll, we'll buy some goodwill here, here by you know, these were cases that we had been given on good authority that there was need for additional information. Yes. And I'll, and I'll be honest, I know the movie kind of makes it look like we solved it. We don't really know. We, I do know that they use the data, but, but the more important thing was that we were, I mean, we were just incredibly forthcoming and in trying to um, share, you know, with law enforcement, this is how we're doing it and, and, and trying to really be a, an asset. And um, it's just, and, it's, and it's two men were, and two men were arrested. Question. Two men yeah, were arrested yeah. in that case. You showed your methodology, and it was above reproach then. Why wouldn't it be above reproach here? And by the way, you open the movie, and you open what we see uh, through your data, that you that this technology was used to prove that even those on the right cheat sometimes. There was a case in what? North Carolina that you outlined. So this wasn't you going in as a partisan saying, let me show how Biden lost. This is you going in saying, let's see exactly what happened on election night. As I went to sleep, Trump was winning. As I woke up, he was losing. And what you do in your methodology is above reproach. So do you have to answer the, the, the fact checkers or not, Catherine? Do you just blow them off knowing that they're partisan? Well, we did when the AP sort of led the sort of the canary in the coal mine and yeah. they put out a, a, you know, an article that just kind of had a bunch of, you know, punch points. And I did go through, um, uh, we have it posted on our website and debunked. I mean, they, they really, it was not really much there. They can't really say too much, yeah. but, um, but we did address what, what I felt like needed to be addressed. And then after that, I mean, I've, I've said my bit, you know, the, the Washington Post continues to hit us. I suspect that, you know, in a couple of weeks, the Times is going to come out with some stuff and, you know, it's just going to happen and right. it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, we, we've worked for 15 months and it wasn't really even until, I mean, just maybe, two, maybe a couple of weeks before the movie that we even started speaking publicly broadly right. of what we were doing. I mean, we have kept very quiet. We have checked every box that we knew to check. Um, I'm not saying we're down the road. It's not discovered that, you know, we could have, we could have fine tuned it a little more precisely or I, who knows? I mean, this is the first time anybody has done anything like this, but what I do know is that everything that we've said is true. Yeah. It's provable. And we will, we, we want to see this used in law enforcement and it must be used to improve process in our election. Well, you and I agree. Go and support her and her organization. It's truethevote.org. Truethevote.org. Catherine Engelbrecht, the information and the investigation you did was startling. Everybody go see 2000 Mules, 2000mules.com. Catherine, come back. Let's stay on this. I hope that because of what you did, we see positive change this November and again in the elections down the road. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Hi, glad to have you. Thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate uh, True the Vote. We appreciate Catherine Engelbrecht coming on. Talking about 2,000 Mules, it's a movie that you should see, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on. You want to make sure that your vote counts. You want to make sure that nobody is nullifying your vote by going out and voting when they shouldn't be. So go and check out that movie. Go and deal with it. 
and uh, and understand going into 2024 and even the midterms this year. We need to make sure that we feel confident that our vote is going to count. They exposed a lot of what went wrong on that night, and it should be looked into by every state legislature. All right, keep it here. Coming back in a bit. This is the Joe Pegg Show. 